Hi, ever wonder what it's like to work another profession or live in the underworld? Listen to Unsuspecting Riders give a 10 to 15 minute personal masterclass as I spontaneously interview them as they enter my taxi. I'm your host, Simon Rushton, and this is Taxi Chronicles. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today it's a sunny day in London and we have two riders from down under. We've got um, both from New Zealand and one's a Maori. I've never met a Maori before to my knowledge, so this will be interesting for me. They're in the crabbing industry, or was in the crabbing industry, and the other one's a part-time DJ. So just going to hear how they've been surviving during the lockdown and what got them into the what the crabbing industry is like and um, you know what's your DJ name and the, what you do as a DJ so what kind of music is it first of all you do? Uh, well, first of all my name is Jack from New Zealand, uh, DJ a bit of house, drum and bass that's part, part of the reason I moved to the UK because the, the scene's so good over here okay. um, but yeah moving back to New Zealand in about two weeks hopefully able to get some gigs when I get back Okay. Oh, you've had enough here? Oh, I had enough of the lockdown mate, the lockdown. Go, down, go back to New Zealand, get amongst it again Okay, okay, that's interesting. So how long have you been uh, in the DJ business? Uh, got my first gig maybe 10 years ago back in New Zealand, played a couple of little festivals. Okay. Um, that's yeah. some time, that's some time. So right, you said you like the house, the DJ, um, techno and all of that, that kind of thing. How has the industry changed for you over the years? Uh, over the years, it's sort of gone from, because um, when I first started, there's a few people doing it but now there's lots of people doing it now it's more sort of instead of just being able to DJ in the music it's sort of become more doing like your Facebook and the self promo sort of thing which sort of steers me away from it because sort of taken away from music but still like it but just sort of steer clear of that sort of thing now okay you're not the first person I've heard say that I've actually I think I interviewed another DJ but he was from uh, Ibiza. Yeah. And he was talking along the yeah. lines. Yeah, like when I, when I first started doing it, it was more for the music, but now a lot of people do it like just for like Facebook likes, Instagram likes, just for sort of. Oh, I don't know. A notch on there. Yeah, just to yeah. try and like look cool, I suppose some people would say, just to get likes on Facebook, that sort of thing. Yeah, but then I suppose it's still the quality in the music. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Isn't it just. Um, so, what would you say to somebody who wants to start? in the DJ business what start starting now yeah what would, what would be your advice uh, well a lot of a lot of young people that I know that have started they they sort of sell out and sort of the suck up to promoters and that I would say don't do that sort of just stay true to what you like play what you like not what other people like and what you like people will start to like that instead of going commercial and mainstream which a lot of DJs do but yeah just stay true to what you listen to and you like and then you'll get a following you say about promoters can you be a DJ without having a promoter? Uh, you can. I mean, like, I mean, when I say promoters, I mean promoters as in the people that like run the gigs, okay. and people sort of like, um, like kiss their ass, like, to try and get the gigs. Oh, okay. But yeah. Oh, so so if they're just more themselves, then the promoters have to. Yeah, it'll, it'll take it'll take a bit longer doing it yourself, but it's worth it rather than just being a seller and just becoming another another DJ that plays the same old shit, really. Is it worth employing somebody to handle your social media? Um, if you get to a stage where you're starting to get a bit bigger, probably yeah, to handle your social media side of things if you're not that experienced in it. But you probably wait till you get like a little bit known 
before you don't really need anything until you get a bit well known just putting on mixes on soundcloud and that sort of thing getting your name out there's the first thing you need to do really okay what's what would you say is known like a uh, hundred thousand followers um well, there's, there's people playing, um, there's a venue in London called Printworks, one of my favourite venues. There's a couple of DJs that played there. They probably only have maybe two, 3,000 followers on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So it's sort of, it's, it's kind of getting to say like who you know. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So how does the DJ world compare to from New Zealand to here? Well, it's sort of, it's sort of flipped in the last year because usually like UK is known as the number one spot for like house and drum and bass oh, is it? but at the moment New Zealand's the only place out of lockdown so now all the there's a lot of drum and bass DJs coming from England to New Zealand because it's the only place they can get gigs so at the moment New Zealand will be the capital for drum and bass in the world at the moment so you, if you if you if you not play your cards right you hang on to that yeah yeah for sure like new, drum and bass is already big in New Zealand but over the last year because it's the only place that DJs can play at festivals and clubs it's blown up big time over the last year yeah. Can you, so as long as you've got a test, had a COVID test, you can go to New Zealand? Yeah, it's, yeah you have to have your COVID test in quarantine for two months, uh, two weeks. So a lot of DJs are going over to New Zealand and risking that, like, not risking, um, just putting up with the two weeks quarantine just because they miss playing so much. And then they're doing a the whole tour of New Zealand. Okay. Yes, yeah, so they make quite a bit of money, the drum based DJs from the UK go to New Zealand. Okay. Now... Obviously, my geography is not the best. New Zealand's an island. It's near Australia. Yeah. Is there lots of other islands? Is it like Indonesia where you've got a main hub of an island and you've got lots of other islands that make up New Zealand? Uh, it's just the, the North Island, the South Island, and there's a real small island off the bottom of the South Island called Stewart Island. Okay. So if you want to go for a holiday to New Zealand, probably in the summer, you go to North Island. Mm -hmm. But in the winter, you go to South Island. There's a lot more ski fields and that down there. Mm. What does the future hold for you in this in the DJ world? Uh, it's more of a hobby, really. It's more of a part-time thing. I'm more, more sort of do it for fun. But if you, know, if, you, if you dedicate yourself, put your mind to it, there's a lot of money out there to be made, to be honest. It's 10 years is a long time now. Yeah, I've only been doing it a bit on the side, but if I put my mind to it, probably yeah. probably headline Tomorrowland next year. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you know your stuff. If I, was a, if I was a nightclub owner or whatever it is, I'd probably have given you a... They're giving you a um, venue or a chance or whatever Yeah, that, that, that's, com that's the confidence boost I need. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the, seriously, the way you're speaking is as if this is your bread and butter. Yeah. And stuff. So tell me, when you, and this probably goes for both of you, when you both come to England, was it your first time here? Yeah, it was mine. Okay, so what was so different? Uh, what did you expect it to be to what you actually realised it is? Uh, for me, I didn't have any any expectations really. Um, I just wanted to throw myself out there and just immerse myself in the London culture, I guess. Okay. Um, it was a bit different because when I got here, I was only here for a weekend and then I went to Ireland for work. Okay. For about two, three months and then um, come back for summer. So, so I travelled Europe um, for summer and then, and then come back to London. So is that where you did your crabbing? No, I done crabbing in uh, Grimsby, up north. Um, oh, North England. Yeah. Oh, is it? It's about an hour away from Hull. Oh, hour and a half. Yeah, I've heard of Hull. Yeah. Well, Gr Grimsby just makes me think of something like Van Helsing. That. <laughs> sorry, it's probably just me. But um, okay. So what was crabbing like? What was 
and working on, was you on the boats for months or weeks or? Yeah, so we do uh, five day trips, seven day, five to seven day trips. Um, tough hours, bro. You're doing like 24 hour trips, some, uh, 24 hour days sometimes. Oh, is it? Or four hours sleep, four, five hours sleep. And, and what is it, like a big cargo net kind of thing or is it like those boxes that the crabs? Yeah, so we've got strings out there that we've got about 100 to 110 uh, crab pots on them oh, okay. and you're just pretty much hauling them in okay. and is, does the sea have to be calm no nah, i fished in a storm oh, okay. i fished in uh, i think my roughest is about 50 knot winds Ooh, 50 that's... mile wind sorry and that's just below uh, a storm I, I believe and i take it you can swim uh not very good <laughs> <laughs> so what made you take that job um, well, lockdown just started, um, so I wasn't getting any work in my old job, and I had applied for the crab boats in September 2019, uh-huh. and they didn't get back to me until March last year. Um, so I just took it because, yeah, I had no work, so. Oh, okay. But you're happy you did that experience? Yeah, yeah, well. For any bit, so, just um, get an idea, so if anybody's listening, they want to do what you've done who do they apply to um so i got i got started through a guy on facebook but i believe you can go on to an agency that's um dedicated to fishing mm-hmm. um i'm not too sure about those channels though because i've never went through them mm-hmm. um yeah i just pretty much referred a friend referred from a friend okay okay um what would you say you'd learn on that vessel that you wish you knew when you started? Um, well, you gain a lot of mental toughness because again, you're working 20 hour days, mm-hmm. three, four hours sleep, and it's broken sleep at that. Um, and you're just continuously focused on the job. You have to be, especially out in um, rough weather. When it's calm, it's a piece of cake. Like, you just go fast, you're hauling everything fast, non-stop, you're running up across the deck. Um, How big is the vessel? I think it's about 40 metres. Okay. So it's not that long, but it's quite long. Yeah, it's just long enough to be registered as a fishing boat. So it's quite, it's, you're saying it's quite, it's very robust. I, there's a TV show where they go fishing. Mm. Um, I've forgotten what they're called. Deadliest Catch? Yes, Deadliest de- thank catch. you, Deadliest Catch. So I'm getting a vision of like that. It, yeah, yeah. It's like that. Did, did anybody ever fall overboard? Or um, I almost fell overboard twice so far. Is it? Just really rough, rough weather. Um, a wave come over, just wiped me out. Did, yeah. So you're not harnessed or anything? Not harnessed. You've got a PFD, which is a personal uh, flotation device. Oh yeah, that thing, and then and if you're in the water, it just inflates automatically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's North Sea, and the North Sea is really cold. Yeah. And you're more likely to die from the cold. Yeah, hypothermia. Was it three minutes or something? Yeah, pretty much. So what do you wear then? Because I know you wear those kind of plastic oil. Yeah, just oil skins. Oil skins. Oil skins. Do you you don't wear? What do you wear underneath that? Do you wear like um like in the when I was in the military they have the heavy woolen clothing that okay. even if it's wet you still stay relatively warm. 
Do you have those kind of things? Nah, it was just trekkies, check pants, and um. So what's check pants? Check pants, sorry. What's that? Like joggers. Just joggers, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, oh, what's the gym clothing like? The sweat, um, skins, skins, and yeah, just skins underneath. Oh, skins, yeah. So that active body wear. Yes. Yeah. Takes the sweat away from your skin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm interested. So how long did you do it for? Uh six months. Okay. So it's just like, was it seven days on, five days off, kind of? Nah, seven days, seven days on, twelve to twenty-four hours off. I just stayed on the boat the whole time. <laughs> but you're just, you're. Are you going far in like into the North Sea, or are you just? Uh, I believe it's about twenty miles out. So you can see land on the horizon then. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh yes, yeah, your vessel's small. I used to work on the ships. I used to do the anti-piracy, stopping the pirates hijacking the vessels. Right. Oh really? So I did that for five years. So when you're on the bridge, on oh, like a hundred and sixty foot vessel or 365 you can see 25 or 25 and below into whereabouts were you doing that in the indian ocean in around indian oh is that with the like somalian pirates in there yeah Fuck. so we're down from south africa up to kuwait up shit. to egypt and down to um sri lanka oh shit i bet that's intense yeah it's all right it's all right it's pretty nice and intense yeah. <laughs> because that sounds full on it, it, it really is bro mm. i mean you're, you're pulling up a string of 120 pots. It takes about. So it's upper body strength. Yeah. Twisting, yeah. turning. You gotta have a strong spine. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of it's technique because a lot of the a lot of the crew on board, they're smaller than me. They're skinnier than me. Right there. Um. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe how strong they were though. I said used to it. Yeah, they're they're really um. Uh, they've been born into it kind of thing pretty much yeah their father's father and all of that yeah and a lot of europeans as well oh eastern europeans yeah latvians and russians as well okay they're, mm. they're hard they're hard people yeah <laughs> they don't mind the cold either it's like the russians yeah and you get paid cash too oh is it yeah you're in, oh. i'm not too sure see now you, you first you have my interest now you got my attention <laughs> <laughs> so what's the going rate See that you don't do the job anymore. Tell us what's the going rate for that kind of job. Um, so it pays based on a share basis. Uh, the more work you put in, um, the more you get, obviously. And I'd say it's about fifteen hundred a week to about two grand a week, really? depending on how much uh, you catch on your trip. It's real fit. And and the food, I take it you're just eating crab all the time. Nah, I thought I thought I would be, but nah, nah. Everything's from the um, supermarket. Oh, is it? Yeah. So you've got a chef? Nah, nah. Everything's pretty much all microwavable meals, sandwiches. So no time wasted then? Pretty much. <laughs> every, every hand to the deck all the time. Yep. Mind you, I suppose it has to be like that because the seas get rough. Yeah. And you really get... I remember seeing some waves. I thought, right, this is it. I'm going to beat my bacon out. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. And when it's dark, it's all dark. Yeah. As well. It's pitch black. Yeah. It's very scary sometimes. Yeah. When you were when you were doing the anti-piracy things, were you like doing security on the boats or like yeah. on other boats patrolling the waters? No, with security on the boats. Did you ever I, get Did you ever get any, any like much I, trouble? No, we got chased at times, but we saw them coming. It's a game because yeah. 
If you don't see them coming, yeah. they're bored you faster than you can blink. Yeah. If you see them coming, you can tell, you can signal to them that we can see you. Yeah. It's like, I'm not sure if you know, you ever watch those nature programs where you've got the lions? Yeah. Uh, and if, if the lions see the gazelle, if the gazelle see the lions, what they do, they turn around, they look at, they look at the lion. And, and they all look at the lion. Yeah. So the lion can't get that surprise at him. Yeah. Because that's how he feeds. And so they will carry on following, looking at him until he's all right, bollocks, and they just walk off. Yeah. And when he's walked off far enough, then they carry on doing what they're doing. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing. And also, another pirate, another vessel will come along very shortly, like every five minutes or something, yeah. depending on the region. If you're between Somalia and Yemen, then so why are they going to bother with you? And they can catch another vessel that's mm. slipping. Yeah, true. If you see what I mean. So it's like that. But it's all funny. Yeah, cause I, I saw a thing recently about the pirates and they said um, over the last couple of years instead of the pirates trying to steal the cargo they've been trying to get on board and take them as hostages and have yeah. like ransoms yeah they've been doing that for ages is it? Now, yeah. so I, I was doing that over eight years ago mm. so yeah they've been doing that for many years the idea is you take the, the vessel you take um, the crew and you take the goods Yeah. so if it's like oil crude oil then that's the main one they're after isn't it yeah, yeah but but then like they got a um a car carrier full of four by fours yeah so that's like mercedes and <laughs> jeep and all these things they're not giving those back they give the crew back they give the vessel back but they're keeping <laughs> yeah they're keeping those kind of things um in terms of piracy so i've heard when i was on the boats that if the captain's not on on the ship out on the water international waters you're well within your rights to go and take that boat. Is that? I don't know about ring that. Ring a bell? But I would say this. As far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, yeah, the captain never leaves his vessel. Yes, because that's where that saying comes from, uh, you never jump ship too early. Is that right? I couldn't tell you that. You seem to know a bit more than I do. Well, the captain never leaves his, yeah. Well, like if you're about to sink, yeah. Um, yeah, captain's always the last off yeah, the boat, yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, last off, yeah, because he has to yeah, count for everybody. Yeah, and but, all that kind of so, and then if the captain jumps off and, like, the boat doesn't sink, Anything goes. Someone can just come along yeah. oh, I see and take over yeah, 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 the boat. Yeah, yeah, because it's a free fall. Yes. Yeah, in that respect. Now, some, I think the Lord's got, that's probably the old seaman's law. I think with new laws, um, it's a bit like if you had a vessel, if England had a vessel carrying gold from Ghana to England mm. and it sank and everybody disembarked, now England would say, no, that's our vessel, we're coming back for it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Now, we, someone else, France might say, no, it doesn't matter, we're coming for yeah. it, but under law you've got to have some um, uh, order, you could say. But yeah, in that respect. Okay. So why did you um, leave the fishing? Um, be honest i wasn't over it um but i had another an, another gig in um, ireland that um come up which i've just finished i've just gotten back from ireland yesterday um yeah that's that's pretty much it bro okay just had another gig well thanks for this guys it's been a good interview what i would what got last two questions is will you be coming back to england uh I will definitely be for sure because I was born in Birmingham, 
So, oh, I've, so I've got my passport, so I can come back, come and go whenever. Okay. So I'm going to come back when everything's back to normal, go to the pub, watch the football. <laughs> and, and yourself? Yeah, I'm definitely coming back. There's still a lot of places I, I, um, I need to tick off. Ireland and Scotland being the ones. <laughs> and the last question is to both of you, what's the impact you want to have on the world? Probably might sound a little bit cliche, but if it, if it all came down to it, the impact I want to have is that people that know me, I would want to be I want to be known as someone that my friends and family have known that I've got their back, and just someone someone that makes people laugh is my main thing. It sounds a bit sounds a bit basic, but it's important to me that I make make people feel welcome and happy is pretty much mine. In this business, phase, basic is good though because yeah. I, I get. Quite a few people will speak along that line, so it's nice. It shows there's humanity about yeah. the world. Obviously, you do get some people who I won't say that yet. Let me hear what your hmm. friend has to say. <laughs> um, for me, I guess I'm I'm still working on myself, and okay. I still I'm still chasing success, and I'd pretty much like to help my friends reach that goal too. Yeah, uh, friends and family first, obviously. And then, um, yeah, try to find potential in, in our friends, really. I like that. I haven't heard anyone speak along that, in, in that say it in that way. Mm. Yeah, and I've, I've got, you are my number 361 episode. Is it? Yeah. So, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people I've heard talk. I've heard some very people. Have you ever interviewed anyone and you think, oh, you're just a horrible guy? Um, no, I've had, because everybody speaks for, says their things for their own personal reasons. Yeah, true. You don't know where they are at, like, so I try yeah. not to judge, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I yeah. do hear what you say. I've had some people who turn around and just said, well, yeah, it's all about me, I just want to be rich. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, that, that, this that thing annoys me, that's, that's a lot of people's main goals and I to be rich, but, but like. I don't get that on the yeah. interviews, though. Oh, true. That's the thing, that's the beauty of. This interview, I don't get that. I get that rarely. Can you recall what when you asked us what we did for our job? What the weirdest job someone's ever done? Have you had any like dominatrix or any sort of weird things? Um, that's interesting. Not really. Now I've heard you've obviously got the the work in cows or the prostitutes or and that kind of thing, but that's not weird. I haven't. Really, no, I, I had a guy who, who worked in an axe Outside the box is what I mean, yeah. Yeah, who, who, he, his job was just throwing axes. That's his job? Yeah, his job was throw, <laughs> teaching people to throw axes, and I found that quite weird, and then it turns out there's quite a few places in London where... Oh, it's can, like darts, isn't it? But with yeah, you can go axes, throw yeah. axes. It was, it was Halloween, so he said, go on, throw the axe and the pumpkin. Yeah. We'll come back later, and then Boris did the lockdown. I was like, all right, uh, maybe next time. But... No, I haven't really had anything really, you know, had unusual jobs, people in the oil business, far yeah. out, or what yeah. have you, but uh, I've had great stories, great, great stories. Have you ever met anyone famous? Only a guy who acted in Troy, with, alongside Brad Pitt. I was going to say, was it Brad Pitt? No, it wasn't yeah. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's catching an Uber. <laughs> yeah. <But> no. <laughs> Put me out from the spoons. Yeah. <laughs> No, but he was actually disappointed he's not as big as Brad Pitt. And I said, mate, you, you, um, you worked alongside. He's, he's done that actually quite a few times. Oh, was it that... um? Oh. Not Sean Bean. No, was it the Australian guy? He's got long hair. Blonde, white guy, long... Oh, I know you mean. I can't think of who he is. Yeah. But um, he's... I was just telling him, mate, you've done well that you're 
working alongside so many A that A class yeah. actors. Do you know how many people would just die to be in that position? Yeah. And I'm not even in the acting business. Yeah. Was what was was he in your car? Yeah. He's Have you met anyone guy. famous outside of driving? Because I was going to say, you kind of look like Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment. No, don't, don't worry, I've had, I have had that before. You're the, you're the next James Bond. Sound like him. Sound like him. <laughs> I've had people tell me I sound like him. But um, no, not really. I'm, I'm trying to think. I was meant to meet the Queen, but that's when I was in the military. I didn't turn up. Uh, what 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 part of the military were you in? I was in the Marines. Oh, yeah. So I was meant to go in number twos and go and meet the Queen, but I decided something else is more important. Yeah. And my sergeant went ballistic on me. So we was meant to go back in Paris and everything, yeah? <laughs> but I was just like, it is a, like a tea party. Yeah. Yeah, doing that. But, um, no. Are you, are you born and bred London? Yeah, born and bred. I was born who, in Brixton. Who do you support? Oh, I'm not into football. Uh, I'm not into football. What is that? You're from Brixton? Yeah. Yeah, we, we were living in Brixton before we were living in Clapham South, actually. Okay. Some interesting characters around Brixton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't been there, eh? No. You haven't? No, I'd like to, though. Okay. Well, where, where I picked you up isn't far from Brixton. Yeah. Right. You know, you know where you picked us up from, that Londis? Yeah. That's the last place that that girl was seen, that Sarah Everard. Oh, okay. Oh. That's a whole other discussion, though. Let's not add that into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, was it, it was night time, innit? She was yeah, it was about 9.30, there. yeah. And it was apparently like an um, off-duty cop. Yeah, I kidnapped her. Mm. I kidnapped her. Yeah. I never understood why people do that. It's fucked it's like there's so much... Not to be like a pervert, but there's so much prostitutes out there. Why do you need to wait? Right. And it's so much easier to be nice than it is to be a cunt, isn't it? It takes so much effort just to be nasty. Well, just be nice. You know, you'd be surprised, you know. It all depends on how someone's brought up their Yeah, experience. that's true. If, you, if all you know is evil people around you bringing you up. Yeah, true. Then, yeah, it's very easy just to be horrible. That is true. And it empowers some people. Some people really thrive. Thrive of that. Hmm. But anyway, I wish you well on your journeys. Thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'm on the road. Yeah. Thanks a lot, gents. We hope you liked that interview. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to get the latest daily episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economy and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources? Then listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you will hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am.